have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hi, this is Marcus Canella, and you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. always asked me, Flynn, how do I become a professional wrestler? How do I become an actor? How do I become a podcaster? How do I get an agent? Well, if you're somebody that's asked these questions, then I've got the solution for you. I'm now offering coaching options that will help you find the answers to these questions and get on the path to success. So if you've been held back by fear, overthinking, or just don't know where to start, email me at theflynnhendricks at gmail.com, use the subject line coaching, and let me get in your corner and help get you on the path to success. And I know you hear me. PWC Podcast. With Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 keeps you in the zone. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome edition of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. And this is going to be a Super Saiyan-sized episode because, once again, I get a chance to nerd out with a fellow Dragon Ball lover. And if you haven't picked up on how much I love Dragon Ball by now, this has to be your first episode. I mean, wouldn't you say so, Jeff? Yeah, probably. Okay, well, if it is your first episode, or maybe it's your second and it's been a while since you've listened, I love Dragon Ball. That's not a big secret on this show, but if this is a new episode for you, I have to go and encourage you to go subscribe to this podcast. It's on whatever podcasting platform you like. It's available everywhere you get your podcast. You know the deal. Amazon, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Google, you name it, I'm there. Go share, subscribe, leave that five-star review if you like it, or if you like Dragon Ball and you want to support, that's a win in my book too. So... Do that, get connected on social media, share, 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 keep up with everything we got going on, go get connected with my guest here today, we'll give her an intro here momentarily, and she's the queen of social media, so definitely give her a follow because she will not disappoint. And on top of that, too, I got merch available, guys. If you want to support this podcast, keep it going, and even get shoutouts on social media and on the podcast itself... Get that merch, check the show notes for information about that, and then tag me in the photo so that I can give you the shout-out and make it pretty for you. But, man, I'm just, I'm excited to get into this tonight because I'm looking for a chance to nerd out here and just have some fun, and trust me, this is going to be one that will not disappoint. I have got, man, I don't know if I should call her the queen of all Saiyans, the queen of all Dragon Ball collectors... The queen of TikTok at this point. I mean, she is a viral TikTok sensation. She's all over YouTube. She's a passionate Dragon Ball collector. She puts my collection to shame. And on top of that, too, you have seen this chick cosplaying all over social media. And, I mean, she goes to conventions. If you've seen, uh, you know, advertiser on the show Elise Bowman and friend of the show Future Guest, if you've seen her in appearance, if you've seen Future... uh, well, not future. I'm I'm losing my present tenses here. Uh, if you've seen past guest of the show, Stephanie Nadalny at a convention, chances are you've seen her there as well. She is all over the place, and it is my pleasure to have on the show tonight SSJ Goshen 4. I'm going to call you Goshen for short, but thank you for being here. 
<laughs> of course. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, Honestly, it's a pleasure. <laughs> not a problem. And I mean, it, it was kind of mandatory because as I was losing track of what tense to, you know, address our guests in, it's like every time I see Stephanie's name pop up or Elise's name pop up, like you're right there with them. And sometimes there's a pan puppet somewhere in the middle. So <laughs> it, it's it's like a mandatory thing. I've got to have the trifecta on here. <laughs> That's so true, actually. I mean, <laughs> we've become really great friends, which is uh, something I definitely would love to talk about because oh, yeah. that, that story is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, It's, it's going to come up, too. And it's if you're anything like me and I, like I said, we'll come to that. But it's got to be just like a mind blowing feeling for the inner child in you that grew up hearing them do what they do. Like, it's just absolutely insane to even think about. But yeah. Let's, Definitely. <laughs> let's get back into like the very beginning of it. So like, where did you discover anime and where did you discover Dragon Ball? So, I mean, I discovered it along with a lot of other people really through Toonami. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had an older sibling. So my older sister was watching it one day and I think maybe I was like four or five. And uh, it was, I remember vividly what episode was my very first one. It was oh, when, yeah, when uh, the Cybermen actually killed Yamcha oh so that was like the first episode I ever saw and I was like hooked I was like mind blown literally right. I, my mouth was like wide open <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next and back then you know being a little kid I didn't even know how to say like the names I said I used to call Yamcha lamb chop <laughs> it's kind of fitting though <laughs> right exactly so i mean that's how i really first watched it and then i wanted to see more and then my older sister was also into it at the time so we used to watch it together and um up until i think she stopped watching it though like when it was about to be the cell saga because they mm -hmm. just kept repeating right, the episodes right. from the beginning yep so she got tired of waiting but i kept watching <laughs> right. so, so what yeah, was it like for her it when she when she jumped off the bandwagon and you kept going like did you try to bring her back in when it eventually did start airing new episodes or was she just done for good uh i mean to be honest she was just kind of like over it <laughs> honestly <laughs> right. like she saw that I kept watching it but um I didn't really push her to keep watching I just kind of I was like I'm like seven six and a half years younger than my older sister mm -hmm. so that's why we're like have a big age gap there gotcha. so it was hard for me to be like oh come on you know we, we're doing our own things right right so now, was she yeah. big in the collecting like you like you're known for now or was that something that was just strictly in your lane and not hers um, no, that was all me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, honestly, well, how that kind of like started too was just, I always loved the Dragon Ball figures in mm -hmm. general. I always loved playing with the Dragon Ball toys as a kid. Um, I remember back in the day, they used to release characters that weren't even in the show yet. Yeah. So yeah, they'd be like, I don't know, great Sandman. And you're mm -hmm. like, who the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I can't and tell by the eyebrows, but... <laughs> right i was like who is this i remember i had like a bootleg one of, mm -hmm. of a great sandman and like for some reason on the very like top of his forehead there was like a black spot so i was like is that supposed to be tn or something in a new outfit <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so you know i love collecting or at the time just playing with the figures right. and i used to make my own stories and make my own little videos with them and um then one day i remember like i think it was like 11 years old or so i went to toys r us and picked up i forgot exactly which figure it was but i picked up one dragon ball figure and i thought it looked really cool in the package and i just decided i was like hmm, maybe i'll just keep this one sealed i don't know maybe right. i'll just keep it like that it looks nice and so from then on that's how it really started like the serious collector in me <laughs> i get it because I, I mean it's all kind of formative around the same years for me as well but you mentioned that great Saiyaman figure, and I'm I'm looking at mine on the wall up there because I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> what, yeah. like, around that time frame, what was your very first Dragon Ball figure? What I remember, I think my first one was probably a Christmas in, like, 98 or mm -hmm. 9. And my mom got me, like, a bunch of Dragon Ball figures, but nice. she didn't know what was legit and what was bootleg at right, the time. Right. So she just got whatever. And so now looking back, I'm like, I know those are bootlegs now. Back then, I didn't know any better either. Yeah. So there were, like, a bunch of, like, Super Battle Collection bootlegs. Mm -hmm. And the first one I remember actually picking up at a store was probably the 
Erwin release of the Dorda Super Saiyan Goku. It's really cool. That figure looks really nice. I still have it to this day. Yep. I never like gave it away or anything. Like that's one that means a lot to me. Of course. So yeah, I remember I got it at KB Toys. Nice, <laughs> nice. And it's what what blows my mind too is just how hard it was to find that stuff back then because I remember when I first became aware of it, there were only maybe two figures on a shelf at a time. And if you found anything past that, like it was like you found the holy grail at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and it, here, here we are now. We have access to buy any of it if you can catch it before the pre-order sells out. But I know, we, I know. Trust me. Yeah, they should have never <laughs> gave us money. But what was what was it like when your parents noticed like this love for everything developing? You just mentioned that they got you the presents for Christmas, but as you got older, your love for the show kept growing and the collection kept growing. What was that like? Were they supportive? Were they hesitant, trying to talk you out of it? How was that? Uh, well, at first, of course, they probably thought like, oh, she just likes the show, you know, like she's still a kid, whatever. Yeah. But, I, you know, I stuck with it. And I mean, after like it got to the point where like my room when I was still living with my parents, my my room was like full of Dragon Ball stuff. They were they would get kind of annoyed. <laughs> like of they were kind of like, OK, there's a lot of boxes coming in like every day you're buying stuff. You know, your room is getting filled like it was getting like kind of okay, maybe you should like, cool it. So right, right. what I had to do was I had to get a P.O. box. <laughs> so <laughs> it wouldn't like show up at the door. I'm like, whatever, I'll get a P.O. box. So, I mean, there was a little bit of tension sometimes because just my mom would be like, there's so much, it's a lot of clutter. Yeah. But like, but you know, now I have my own place, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, right. And trust me, we're going to come to that too. But like <laughs> around that same time frame too, and it's something that, you know, that's come up with a few other guests on the show it wasn't really like the cool thing to, you know, be into Dragon Ball or be into anime or anything like that when we were growing up. But now it's all over pop culture. It's like the cool thing to be in. Like you were into it 20 years ago, which really weren't, you know, how that goes. But did right. you have a group of friends that were into that as well? Or was it just something that you kind of kept to yourself and just went about your everyday life and then went home and escaped into that? Well, like in elementary school, to be honest, I was uh, a tomboy. So most of my friends were boys. Right. And, you know, we got along watching Pokemon, watching Dragon Ball and everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I did have a group of friends that also enjoyed it. I remember I used to bring some of my toys to school and we used to play with them. Right, right. Um, uh, and in the middle school, I actually started getting into like a few other anime and I had my own group of friends for like, also like anime as well. And I actually went to like anime club like after school club oh, nice yeah in middle school so um you know i never really because a lot of people used to get bullied for liking anime yeah. i never really did i mean i used to get some kids being a little bit mean because like when in elementary school since i would only hang out with boys and i liked boy stuff right and i also right. had like super short hair like a bowl cut like if you can picture like gohan from namek with yeah. the bowl cut that's yeah. what i had as a kid <laughs> so the obligatory um, kid cut <laughs> so you know, I had a little boy one time come up to me and he was like, are you a boy or a girl? I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> so, so oh yeah, it's God. just because I like, you know, the boy stuff and had friends that were boys. But that was really like the only thing. I never really got like bullied or, you know, shamed for it, right. thankfully. And then you know, just as you got more love into the sh into the show and more, you know, like more episodes started airing. You mentioned the first episode you saw was the one where the Cybermen latched on and killed Yamcha. Was there a character that, you know, like started out when you started watching the series that like you gravitated towards or that you latched on to? Or was it was there one that came on later in the series as it progressed and you started finding these new characters? Like who eventually became your favorite and what was the reason for that? Uh, well, Goku's always been my favorite, really. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't really think there's much of an explanation for that one. I mean, it's Goku. Yeah, we love course, him. Of course. He's he's so kind hearted. He does everything for his family. Like, what's not to love about him? I mean, that's how I feel. Right. <laughs> and, and then like later on, like watching Dragon Ball Z, then onto GT, I really, really started to love the character of Pan. A lot yes. of people don't like I don't know why, but Pan gets a lot of hate for whatever i don't understand it so people say she's bossy she's this she's that but as a teenager I, yeah she's a teen well she's like to actually in the japanese she's 10 in the funimation oh. dub she's 14 okay so you're right like, i they, forgot about that yeah so she's actually like a kid in funimation made her teenager but you know like 
oh, come on, really? Guys, you have to be so mean about that. Anyway, so yeah. I really loved her because I was also around 10 years old when GT was being shown in the US. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, there's a girl my age who's also a tomboy that like can kick butt and like can stand her ground with the, yeah. the boys. Like she's, I actually like that she didn't take crap from no one. I like that she like stood up and was kind of like a loud mouth. I liked it because I was like, wow, she's awesome. So, um, you know, I really started to resonate with that character of Pan. And um, I really want her to turn Super Saiyan so bad. But hopefully it'll happen in this new movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now she's like one of my favorite characters as well. Um, I've really, um, I guess, clinged on to that one, to that character. Absolutely. And it's just just from me growing up and even now, like, she's awesome. I love her. Yep. And it, it's pretty cool, too, to see now, like, that they've, I guess, retconned or redone parts of the story to bring her back in and you see more of her as a baby and growing up and everything like we'll see in the new movie. But with that, you know, like there's that whole online debate with the fan base of does it erase GT? Is GT canon? You know, is it terrible? Whatever it may be. Where do you think the hate for all that comes from? Because I'm just, if it's Dragon Ball, I like it. But that doesn't seem to be a popular way to look at things anymore. Right. Like, uh, you mean like GT in general? Like yeah, why just the, people, the entire, yeah. yeah. I don't, I never understood all the hate for GT personally. I actually enjoy it. Same. Um, I agree that some things were not fully fleshed, fleshed out or right. like fully developed. Like some of the sagas were really quick and cut short. They could have mm-hmm. done a lot more like Super 17 saga. That was oh, an awesome sure. saga, but yeah. it was tiny. It was like, what, like. It felt like five episodes. Was it like five episodes? It was like really like Yeah, blinking it like and for one instance, blinking it's gone, unlike exactly. what we grew up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could have done a lot with it. So I understand, I guess, the frustrations on some of that, but right. you know, I I think it got way too much hate than it deserved. Um a lot of people hate on the first thirteen episodes as well, saying that it's like boring and slow paced. Yeah. And that's actually one reason why in the Funimation dub they literally did their own first episode. They kind of just did a whole mashup of things and made their own episodes and went straight into like the baby saga because yeah. they thought that people wouldn't like the first thirteen. They would think it's boring. And then later that's why they did the lost episodes release. Wow. But um I just learned something new. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I'm like, why? I think it's fun. And they tried to go back to like the Dragon Ball roots, you know, kind of. Yeah. And it's it's um, storytelling overall. And that's that's what I gravitate towards. Because, you know, like with Kai, I, I didn't really get into Dragon Ball Z Kai where it cut out all the filler. But, same. you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the, the comedy breaks in between or whatever, because it gives you it lets you go on that roller coaster ride where you get a break from the intense fight and you see Bulma fighting with a frog on Namek or, you know, whatever exactly. it may be. And you just get those little breaks and then you get to jump right back into it and you're you're refreshed when you go into it. Yeah, 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 I agree. So, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like more people now might appreciate it a little bit more than they used to, I yeah. think. That's how, how I feel. There's still some people that I, like just hate it no matter what. But right. I, I feel like there's a lot more people like coming around. Oh, okay, yeah, it wasn't so bad. And Super Saiyan 4 is the best. Yes. I, Super Saiyan 4 is my favorite like transformation, actually. Absolutely. And I mean, on top of that, too, the whole Super Baby villain arc, that was completely underrated. And yeah, Super I Baby agree. Vegeta still had one of the most badass looks as a villain. And yep. that doesn't get... I, I'm still waiting for a new figure to be made of that one. But I know. Um, hopefully Figure Arts. Hopefully Figure Arts. They just announced Vegeta, SS Vegeta <laughs> I know. 4. So hopefully it's coming. And hopefully we get a pan too because yes. um, somebody we've mentioned previously, we're both friends with and she is the voice of pan. So let's let's jump into that. Let's talk about like what it was like to get connected with her and build that friendship and then not only that, meet the voice of her kid grandfather, the voice of Kid Goku and Kid Gohan, Stephanie Nadolny. What's it like to meet these people that voiced our childhood and build these relationships and start doing these appearances with them? Yeah, that was pretty surreal, honestly, because ever since I was a kid, I actually did. I would look at the credits and see who played who. Mm -hmm. Like, I think maybe I was probably like nine or ten when I started to really like realize, oh, there's people playing these characters. So I used to look at them. Oh, wow, this person plays Goku, whatever. And I don't know. It was just I was always fascinated by that. And then I always loved like 
pan, of course. Oh, and yeah. I loved Elisa's work and her paternal pan. And I just one day decided to go on a whim and message her privately on Facebook. I'm like, I don't know if she'll answer, but it's worth trying. Right. And I just reached out and I was like, hey, you know, like I'm such and such a drag ball YouTuber, you know, influencer. And I would love for you to start doing conventions and appearances because I didn't watch this or I listened to this interview that she did back in 2011. I found it on, on YouTube mm -hmm. and this person was interviewing her and she asked her, so are you planning on doing conventions anytime soon? And back then she was like, yeah, I would love to. And that was 2011. And yeah. I had, and I'm like, where is she? She's not doing anything. So I sent her the message. I'm like, you know, I could probably get a gig for you. You know, people would love to see you and meet you. Mm -hmm. And then she responded to my message and I kind of like fangirled a little bit. Right, I was like, right. oh my God, she answered. And uh, yeah. So then we started talking, became friends from there. Like we first met each other at actually one of the conventions I got her the gig at. Wow. Okay. So that a, yeah. That was the first time we ever met in a Savannah comic con. Nice. So, so yeah, that was that story there. And, and like, it was just so surreal, like to meet her and like, we got emotional and everything. And um, then with Stephanie, I was introduced to her from a, a mutual friend mm -hmm. and we just hit it off and we became like really good friends and, now she she actually stayed over at my house literally no like joke. two months ago. Yeah. Wow. So she's become like a great, great friend, you know, not Absolutely. just not just someone I admired as a kid, but just a, a great person, great friend. And right. it's it's crazy. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's really cool when you do get to know him as well, because um, I'm actually like it, it's crazy to say it's two months from now as we're recording this, but I'm going to be driving up to pigeon forge because she was supposed to be in nashville next weekend but a scheduling conflict you know prevented that so i'm going to be going up and hanging out with her and linda and i think cynthia kranz as well and, nice. and doing a live interview with them but it's like the fact that they're open to the idea and we've only met like through this just a computer screen but they're so wholesome so receptive and like they're just grateful to be out doing this and they're just down to earth people. That's what blows my mind on this. And yeah, like with Elise awesome. too, she like, she's talked to me about it. Like just, I, it took so long for me to get on the convention circuit, but then I get to hear these stories from these people like you, who my work has influenced them or, or made a difference in their life. And it's just, you can't put words to that. No, exactly. Like if you were to tell my 10 year old self like oh yeah you're gonna be friends with some of these people one day i yeah. would have never believed you ever you know so it's it's, it's surreal and also linda i love her too she's oh, amazing yeah. she's great um cynthia they're all awesome tiffany i don't know if you ever got to meet Tiffany. no Walmer. i haven't yet she's, she's like, awesome she's like the unicorn <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to catch because i i would love to chat with her and get to know her because again like another formative voice of my childhood but it's just it's like that unicorn that you just can't catch yeah, yeah, she you you got to try to get her one day cuz she's yeah. one she's hilarious. Oh, I've heard I've heard stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's awesome. So, it's I don't know. I never thought that me being such a like a hardcore Dragon Ball fan and doing YouTube and doing all this mm -hmm. stuff like would bring me to this point ever. Yeah, and that's that's what's crazy too is that it's so cool that the stuff that again, like we referenced a few minutes ago that wasn't looked at as cool right now or that you had to be secretive about or whatever maybe you just had your small group of friends that were into it is what is like impacting our lives right now it's pop culture you're you know you're an influencer based off this stuff you're a cosplayer you go to conventions you do all this stuff you have all this content and you have thousands of people that come to you for that content and it's just it's so cool to think that it all started from liking dragon ball and now it's like here we are I know it, it is crazy. Like I never would have thought like I still like think like, wow, people are excited to meet me. I still get like that, yeah. you know, when people come to my booth and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've always wanted to meet you. Or they like see me out in public. And they're like, oh, can I take a photo with you? It's still I'm still like, wow, I can't believe people actually yeah. like get nervous to meet me because I'm, sometimes I'm nervous to meet them, you know, because right. it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's cool for you, but it's just as cool for me. Please don't forget that part of it. Right, right, right. So, like, exactly. Let, let's talk about those uh, that though. So like, how did that all start for you? Because, you know, like you're you're synonymous for the Saiyan armor. Um, and 
where did that all start for you? And where did you like get this drive to start getting your name out there and making the content and then making the connections for cons and then even making appearances? So it all really started from, from YouTube, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I, but I've been on YouTube since like the beginning of YouTube almost, um, since like two, yes. My first YouTube channel was made in 2006, January, 2006. I was a teenager, probably like 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And back then YouTube had no rules. You could do whatever you want on YouTube. You could like upload full episodes of anime. That's horrible, but people used to do it and no one cared. So, um, people used to upload anime music videos and that's like stuff that I used to do back in the day, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until 2008 is when I really started to do like Dragon Ball content. Um, I was influenced by this other YouTuber that was doing like figure reviews and I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. I have a bunch of figures. I could do the same thing. So then that's really how it started. I just got my terrible quality camera and just started (laughs) filming and, it's funny because I still have those first videos on my my YouTube channel. And like when I look back on them, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just got on the camera, was reviewing the figures, and I never thought anything would happen from it. I'm just like sharing, you know, what I like. And I just started getting followers. And then a year later in 2009, my first original channel, which was called SS Goshen 4 without mm-hmm. the J, got suspended from youtube without any warning and i remember i was so devastated i was like crying (laughs) and it was because of like copyright issues they just strike my channel down back then they were just striking everybody you know when google took over and was like we're taking out everything so i was devastated and back then you were able to like message people on youtube Mm -hmm. back in the day so i had to go through my emails and look at every single person who subscribed to me and private message them on my new channel and saying, I got suspended. I have a new channel. Right. So then that's when SSJ Goshen 4 started. I love and um, from then on, continued doing the reviews. I've never, I never stopped. And I, then I kind of just branched out to Dragon Ball content in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still do like collection videos and everything oh, yeah. i do reactions I, I love watching those yeah i do like reactions now i do vlogs and everything hunting videos so yeah my audience built from there i then of course other social media platforms came out i branched off to instagram mm-hmm. and i have my own um following on there then tiktok and on tiktok i i was like kind of against it at first i'm like this is so dumb but then in the pandemic, I think that's when everybody really hopped on TikTok. And that's when I started yeah. doing it. And now my TikTok is about to be a, at 100,000 followers. So, wow. so yeah, it's crazy how wow. much that's taken off too. So, I mean, with me just loving Dragon Ball, that's I also put in like my cosplay in the mix. And mm-hmm. I started doing Dragon Ball cosplaying. And I think my first Dragon Ball cosplay was probably in like, maybe 2010 or 2012, like around that era. And um, yeah, I just, anything that I could do to really show my love for Dragon Ball, like I re- I did, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I get it. And and what was it like too, because I've, I've had other cosplayers on the show before as well. And they talked about, you know, like in the beginning, doing cosplay wasn't looked at, you know, like as positively as it is right now. And it was just kind of like, maybe a little niche thing and you know like some people would look and snicker or whatever it was yeah what was it like for you starting out and then like you said now just seeing it blossom into what it is how has that whole transformation and ride been for you very interesting because in the beginning like it was just looked at like oh you're a nerd like you're a nerd for cosplaying like what the heck you're weird um so it's it's crazy how much has changed to where it's like I think there was like a TV show dedicated to cosplaying and stuff like um and it's just it's so normal and it's like in pop culture like crazy and it's like before it was like you're a nerd so um yeah in the beginning the, the only thing I would say though about cosplaying now I feel like you can't really do cosplay that's not as good sometimes because right. people will criticize you and be like this this person what is this person doing cosplaying like with a pajama on yeah it's, so, not, movie, it's not movie quality or TV yeah quality that's or whatever. the only thing i would say that i don't really like about today's cosplay because i feel like back in the day like people could just wear whatever and they'd be like oh cool yeah but um but yeah like 
and my first con was actually in 2006 or something like wow. that was our yeah like that was the first con i ever went to and i remember back then i didn't even know that you could what cosplaying was i just i thought literally thought that the convention was just the vendor room and that's it i didn't even yeah. know there were panels <laughs> like, i didn't even know conventions were a thing back then yeah like actually i think my dad found out about it through like the paper like there was an article in the paper and he's like we should go to that i'm like okay so um yeah, and then I didn't start cosplaying until 2010. My first cosplay was actually not Dragon Ball. It was a uh, Lady Gaga cosplay because oh, I nice. also love. I also next to Dragon Ball, Gaga is my other of freaking course. passion. I love Gaga, <laughs> so that was uh my first cosplay. And then my uh, first Dragon Ball cosplay, I believe, was I think it was Pan actually, but it was like not as what I wanted it to be because I didn't have all the pieces. Right. So I kind of just did it with whatever I had. So Pam was my first cosplay. So yeah, now it's it's transformed. That's for sure. And now (laughs) you've you've got the iconic look with the, with the Saiyan armor. And I mean, like that's, that's the first thing that pops up anywhere on social media when your name is there. And that's just, that's the iconic look now. How did, how did you come into that one? And I, actually, I didn't even think it would be something I, I just kind of like was I, it's funny because all those pieces were for other cosplays and mm-hmm. I just decided to make my own. So the spandex, the purple spandex that I wear is actually it was from a, a Jocko cosplay that I did. Oh, nice. And that was an awesome cosplay. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, OK, I have these spandex and the same armor was from Boba Joe who made the iconic Saiyan pod and the Frieza pod. He's done so many amazing, amazing things. So I got it from him and I kind of just put the two together together and made my own Saiyan. So what you see is just me as a Saiyan. So people are like, oh, you know, are you trying to be like Boma as a Saiyan? I'm like, no, I'm being on myself, on myself as a Saiyan. Right, right. Goshen. (laughs) That's it. It's all it is. Yeah. So that's really how it happened and now i wear it often to whatever events i do um yeah but but uh, i'll i'll get you into a little peek of what i'm doing next it's gonna be a yard rat yard rat goku oh that <laughs> is gonna be badass and i can't wait to see it yes I'm, me too i'm excited to see it too <laughs> and it goes right in with that space pod that you know boba joe made and of course if he ever wants to come off that frieza hover pod i got a place that it needs to go but that's neither here nor there right now <laughs> but yeah i'd love to podcast in that thing but anyway um let's talk about your collection now because you mentioned you know like you you travel you do like the the comic shop videos because i've seen some of those that you've done and you're a massive, massive collection. Like, I thought I had a big one at one point, but downsizing, selling, even then, like, you put mine to shame. How did you start collecting all this stuff and coming across, like, these hard-to-find grails, like the the Battle Collection 3-pack, or I, I forget some of the other ones that I've seen you post, but how did you come across all these things and just find the room for them on top of it? Uh, well... Many years, that's for sure. Yeah. Many years. Um, like I said, I started collecting when I was like 11. Mm-hmm. So now I'm 29. So think of how many years right, that is right. now, you know? So the room for it, I really don't have the room for it, but <laughs> I just, I have them there. Um, in my, actually, I was able to fit them all now in my second bedroom. Nice. They were in my storage unit before. I don't know if you've seen those videos where I'm in my storage. Yep. Is it the so, the white room where you're kind of like showing around and panning? Yeah. Well, I have a storage room where it's like you, when I do my unboxing, I used to do unboxing videos and stuff or in storage videos. Mm-hmm. So when you see those videos, you'll see that I'm like literally in a storage. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll have to look so, a lot closer this time. Yes, I have a whole series of of videos on just my storage, but now I don't have one and I have it in my second bedroom. I like right now my collection room is like a work in progress. I haven't really put everything up yet um, because I recently moved out um, from my parents' house just this past December. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So I have my own place now. Uh, So so, yeah, like as far as acquiring like grails, it's just a, a lot of one research and searching Mm -hmm. um in the beginning it was really all ebay i got everything from ebay or just like conventions and comic shops yeah um 
And then later on, I started joining like a lot of Facebook groups with other collectors. And then I bought a few things from Philip Collectors. And I also buy stuff from the Japanese auction sites. And that's really helpful too, because you can find a lot of things you definitely can't find like on eBay and stuff. Right. So, I mean, I really love the Facebook groups too, though, because you're able to connect with so many other people. Mm. That's why I love Facebook, actually. Like, I use Facebook mainly for Facebook groups. Right, right, right. And, yeah, so, and I actually help um, uh, manage one. I'm an admin for the Dragon Ball Z Vintage Collectors yep. group. Yep. And um, that's, I love that group so much. It's like people really appreciate the old school stuff because nowadays I feel like you show some of like the vintage stuff to like newer collectors and like, you like that stuff that looks yeah. ugly. I'm like, like, oh my God. You have I love to it. understand like what it meant when we were growing up. Right. And exactly. Even, even referencing that group too, it's so cool because you'll see. Tiffany or or Stephanie or somebody like they're involved in that group. They like the pictures. They they chime in on it, and it, it like yep. it's so cool that it brings the actors and the collectors involved into everything, and it just it binds it all together. It's so cool to see. Exactly. No, I know. Like I, the minute that I was friends with them, I invited them into that group because I'm like, you guys got to see some of these awesome collectibles yeah. that people have in the collections and everything. So. Um, yeah, it's it's so cool seeing other people's collections too. Just all the crazy stuff that they have that I don't have, or right, you know, just the unique items in their collections. Like um, I collect bootlegs too sometimes, oh, yeah. and you know those ugly figures I love. Some people <laughs> would be like, "Why would you spend money on those ugly figures?" But I'm like, I, there's just something about the hilariousness of a bootleg that I enjoy. <laughs> Absolutely, and I get that too because like now that you say that, I remember. Um, at the mall near my house, there used to be like a strictly anime stand, like right in the middle of the food court. And they would have those old Gundam model kits. And then they would have like some AB, like the European Dragon Ball figures. And then they would have these like three, four and five packs of just the bootleg battle collection with the weird paint jobs or like the Gogeta <laughs> with the white arms and the red vest and the unpainted stomach. Like they just had those front and center, but like those, those memories from my childhood just jump right out when you say that. So there's a sentimental reason behind it too, and I get it. You know exactly. Like you you order something online, you think you're getting that Goten that wasn't released, like in that Irwin picture that I sent you earlier today, and <laughs> come to find out that one's a bootleg too. But that was your first one, and it's like, okay, it's still special. You know, like it, exactly, it, just, it brings some feeling back to you. Yeah, actually, one of my most prized um, collectibles is actually this large sized Super Battle Collection Pan figure. And I mean, I love it so much. It's because I've had it since I was a, a kid and I used to play with it so much. And I just, I knew I had to keep it because I actually used to make a lot of videos on my like old, like mm -hmm. kid camera. And she was in a, she was in a lot of them. Right, so right. Um, it just, I have a lot of sentimental value connected to that large bootleg pan. I even got a lease to sign it when I first met her. Oh, like, that's awesome. And is it, yeah. is it like a jumbo version of the one that came in that two-pack with the little yes, Goku? Yes, exactly. I, I cannot find that, like, mint on card anywhere because for obvious reasons, I want to have it and I want to have both of them sign it and put it, like, outside my studio, but it, it, it evades me everywhere I go. So I'm still trying to find that one because I had it when I was a kid, but yard sales, mothers, you know the deal. Like, it just, yeah. it, it disappears, but... You're looking for the original version? Yeah, just whatever Super Battle Collection, however I can get it. Uh, yeah, I know. And it, nowadays, you know, those collectibles have become like a lot more pr pricier. Like yeah. as of recent, I noticed like as more people start collecting Dragon Ball figures, like the prices have really jumped. Yep, and I think you know that's why I've messaged you about some where like places that usually have them up for pre-order a lot longer than thirty minutes. And I'm asking you if you know where to get them because, like, those new Android statues that are coming out, they're sold out everywhere. And now that everybody's collecting them, if you want to buy them, you're going to pay, like, more than retail for them. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. That's what sucks. But, you know, if you find it at a steal either way, it's like, you know, you get that adrenaline rush off of it. But uh, I know. That's there the are times. Exactly. There are times where I have bought something and then, like, afterwards I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should have spent that much money. But... You know, but yeah. I have it now. So right, right. It's like, well, I completed that goal, but the adult, the adult phase of your brain kicks in, and then it goes right back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 
I've done it before. So <laughs> right, and then just um before one last question on collecting because then I want to jump to uh to the new movie that's coming out because you referenced that. What like, and I'm not talking about doesn't have to be most valuable or anything like that, but sentimentally, what is like your favorite piece or your personal grail in your collection or what means the most to you? Um, well, I kind of answered this a little bit already mm -hmm. as far as like those childhood pieces. Like yep. I love those. Um, uh, what else? I really like anything vintage in my collection. Yeah. I appreciate those a lot. Um, I really like the original like Dragon Ball items from like the 80s, the Epoch stuff. Um, I don't have much of them. Yeah, I would love to get more because those are ridiculously expensive usually. Yeah. Um, but I do have this Bulma doll, which I love so much. And it's from like it's from when uh, the original release of Dragon Ball when it was airing in Japan. Yeah. And that's one I I, I really love. I cherish that one a lot. Um, that's so cool. And any Surbao collections, I love those. You know, they're always amazing. I think they hold up really well, even though they don't have much articulation. I, I still love those. Right. Um, so it's hard to pick just one or two. So oh, yeah, I, I understand I'm completely. Say, yeah, I'm going to say vintage. <laughs> and then actually, I, I lied because, you know, I, I sent you that picture earlier today of that old you know, that old flyer when they started releasing like the energy blasters and the giant figures, which... I somehow lucked into on uh, on eBay. I'll kind of show you right nice. there. Those were the ones that I just like completely missed out on in my childhood. But there were figures on there that were on little stands or that old Energy Blaster Krillin with the Destructo Disc or, mm -hmm. you know, the Gohan doing the double Energy Blast. Like, was there, do you know, was there ever a reason why those were advertised but never actually released? Because I went insane trying to find those things. And I never got a reason why. Like I saw the pictures, I wanted them, but I just never got an answer where they like what happened to them. How funny! Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they decide not to make them. Those are ones that I really wish they did make. Right, it looked pretty good actually. Yeah. Um, the Krillin really stood out to me a lot. Yeah. That Krillin looks great. Um, I don't know, and even like those glowing like the blasters that mm -hmm. you saw i think there was like a goku doing kamehameha and then the yep. vegeta and they had like the energy blast but it mm -hmm. looked like it was glowing they never released those either yeah. but but they kind of did later on erwin did yep. have the energy blasting figures mm -hmm. and they did have um the the striking z fighter yep. figures which they did have a krillin with the destructo disc yeah but I don't know. I wish I like the original like Bondi America ones that were in that flyer. I wish those actually came out. So they're yeah, cool. and, and it it blows my mind too. Like to this day that you know before Irwin or at least over here anyway, you know Krillin never really got a figure outside of that Dragon Ball like fast kicking one, and then you never mm -hmm. got any like Tien Yamcha or anything like that. So I just I never understood why these main characters, even though they weren't like the top tier characters, never got action figures too because. Man, I would have thrown so much money their way before Irwin beat them to it. I know. Like, Irwin, it's funny because when they started making their own figures, mm -hmm. they had they, they they did release, like, Garlic Jr., and that was yeah. freaking awesome. I'm like, wow, they came out with Garlic Jr. and Yajirobe, mm -hmm. but they didn't do a TN. That's yeah. so weird. Or a Yamcha until later when it was, like, Yamcha and, like, In the Yellow Saga. Jacket, yeah. Yeah. So it was just weird. I'm like, why didn't they do that? Uh, you know, and then until Jax took over, then they started doing TN and stuff. Yep. But, you know, it's just strange. I don't know why. It was very, <laughs> very weird. And then on top of that, too, we would get teases from them, like uh, with the movie collection of the full power Garlic Jr. that we never got or Turles yeah. even. And it's just, I, I again, maybe I'm just wanting to throw too much money their way. But there were so many characters that never got like the full figure treatment that we think they should have got and my bank account is probably grateful they didn't but that would have just been so cool to actually have it sitting on my shelf to look at i know and you know what like a lot of the characters that they don't have figures of like in that kind of scale i just get um i get them custom made oh that's badass <laughs> that is badass yeah yeah I there's some yeah, there's some people out there that make amazing customs. Yeah, so. and that's that's another thing too is like just how crazy the custom game has gotten because anytime I go to like search for something on Instagram, like the first 
two or three pictures are somebody's custom figure arts figure or one of the band Presto statues they painted and customized. Like, it's crazy the amount of detail these people put into this stuff now and how far it's actually come. Yeah, a lot of time, too. Like, mm -hmm. I used to make my own customs when I was, like, a teenager. And, I mean, I thought they were good for the time, right? right but right. some of these people, like, really, they look like legitimate figures. Yeah. Like, official it's crazy. Like, wow. Yep. That all that time and craftsmanship is that's wow. <laughs> Seeing somebody take a, uh, a band Presto Vegeta and turn it into a Beerus and it, you can't even <laughs> tell the difference. Like that just blows my mind. I know it's, it's impressive actually. <laughs> Very. But it, it is. And before we get too far down, you know, the figure rabbit hole, you, you'd reference, you know, Dragon Ball Super Superhero a little bit earlier. As we're yep. recording, you know, like we've seen some teasers and I think we've even gotten like international release dates, which putting it out in the world, maybe by the time this comes out, an audition may have come in my inbox. I don't know. I'm still holding out <laughs> hope that it will happen, but we're, we're still waiting to find out what's going to happen in the movie. But we know that Pan is going to be a big part of it. So, like, what are your predictions for it? Because I've talked about this with uh, a mutual friend of ours, um, Kyle from uh, DB Super Dope. And we've talked about his predictions, what he's wanting to see out of it. So what are you wanting to see and what do you think is going to happen in the movie? Uh, I'm wanting to see a lot of Pan, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, um, I would love for Pan to be Super Saiyan. Unfortunately, she's not the first Super Saiyan, which she should have been, in my opinion. Like female Super Saiyan is what right. I mean. Um, yeah, but I would love to see that. I would love to see her like in action too, mm -hmm. like. I mean, it looked like it from what we saw teased in the trailer that she's going to hopefully kick some butt. Yep. And um, I think it's just badass that like Gohan is front and center. Like Absolutely. that's amazing. I mean, I got to talk to Kyle Haber actually oh, um, at, at Kamehameha. I was just at Kamehameha and I asked him what he thought. And he was like, oh, I think it's of course incredible that you know Gohan's going to be like the main character yeah. in the movie. That's amazing. What everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just seeing him in action, like, because he was kind of not even in the Broly movie. I'm like, right. what the heck happened yeah, to him there? He was gone. Disappeared, awful, yeah. whatever it may be. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. funny how it focused on that. But now it's kind of taken the reverse and Goku, Vegeta and Broly are kind of in the in the background this time, yeah. at least as far as we know anyway. I know. And Piccolo, too. He's pretty major as yeah. well. He even has a house. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> and a mailbox. Yeah. How official <laughs> is that? <laughs> so uh, I can't wait to see, like, what happens there. Like, his relationship with Little Pan mm -hmm. or, like, how he's going to interact with Gohan, how that relationship is going to be shown in that new movie. That's going to be really cool. And it looks like Piccolo has some kind of power up as yep. well. So that's amazing. I freaking love that. And then we, we had this discussion too, because obviously the red ribbon army is back front and center as the villain. And, you know, we've seen the leaks that cell may be back as the villain, mm -hmm. which would be kind of cool to see if, you know, Gohan was the villain or, you know, is the main protagonist at this point. But Kyle and I also had a, a separate thought that, the main villain may be Android 21 to keep up with continuity with Dragon Ball fighters. What do you think is going to be the main villain? Or do you think it's strictly Gamma one and Gamma two? Huh? Well, well, that's an interesting theory. I didn't even think about that one with Android 21. And I only say that because they like, before they started releasing the trailers, they just um, did a pre-order for a new figure arts figure of her in her human form. So I, I wasn't mm. sure if that was like some kind of early spoiler or what, but that just made me think of that. That's true. I didn't even connect that at all, but who knows, right? Right. But I don't know. I think some people are like kind of like annoyed about Cell even being part of it at all because right. they're like, oh, why do they have to bring back another villain? Which I get, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be upset if Cell Same came here. back. I wouldn't. Same <laughs> I'm like, here. that'd be awesome. I mean, we saw Frieza come back so many times. Like, And then look how influential <laughs> he's been at this point. I know. Exactly. So, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get a surprise. I don't think they def. I really definitely don't think they showed everything like what that's yeah. going to be shown like in that trailers that we've seen. 
there's going to be a surprise, no doubt. Absolutely. Like, I don't think it's just Gamma 1, Gamma 2. There's going to be something that we're all going to be shocked. Right. I hope so, at least. Like, I think I'm I'm right there with you, and I, I if it's not, I'll be shocked. So Yeah, exactly. I, I think you're spot on. And by the time this airs, we'll for sure know, but right now it's just pure speculation. So <laughs> we'll see how accurate we are, and people can hold us accountable then. But, right. <laughs> man, this has been this has been an awesome chance to chat and you know like finally do it face to face as opposed to messenger. And I it's pretty safe to say too like after talking to Elise um not going to lie, just going to go ahead and put it out there. I may be seeing you at some future, you know, upcoming appearances you have with her and there may be some, you know, live crossover of anime adventures and I know you hear me. Um KameaCon next year whenever it's confirmed has been discussed and then anywhere that y'all are close to me it may happen again and we may do it face to face so I'm hoping you're on board for that and we'll have a nice little like panel discussion there maybe do a live show with it yeah no that'd be awesome of course you know Perfect. I'm always down for that for sure of like, course. I hope where are you from again uh Nashville uh oh I was in Nashville in like 2019 Okay. I loved it. <laughs> Man, yeah, so it's I'm going to tell you now it's changed a lot since then, so Really? Oh, wow. I mean, I went on for just vacation. Right, you right. Know, to Tennessee. Wouldn't recommend it now. I'm just going to go ahead and give you full disclosure. Avoid the well, potholes, avoid the traffic. You know what? I have a friend who lives in Knoxville and he told me the same thing. Yep, so <laughs> Yep. He ain't yeah. wrong. Everything's growing, everything's changing, but the potholes stay the same. So <laughs> But man, um, before we jump the gun and get too far into the future, I have to survive this last segment with you because I've been interviewing you for uh, almost an hour now, throwing a lot of questions your way, but now it's time to flip the roles and reverse it a little bit, Captain Ginyu, body switch, however you want to call it, and you get to throw some questions my way now, so let's call it in the ring and have some fun. Okay, so you kind of answered this already, but I'll still ask it. Yeah. Um, so what do you collect and what, I guess, franchises do you collect? Well, the most recent thing, I guess, purchase wise was, um, Figuarts got that Super Saiyan 4 Goku in. That's definitely one. If it comes out, I'm going to get it. I just recently repurchased all of the main line of Irwin, which, you know, unfortunately right now you can't see because my, uh, my booth is in the way, but everything from like series one with that Master Roshi and, garlic jr all the way to series 11 and a couple of those jack specific ones that's probably the biggest thing i've gotten recently but nice. all these band presto statues or any poses that they do those are the ones that i collect because i'm running out of shelf space but man like these back to the movie figures the golden frieza the the giant ass cooler figure oh i love that one <laughs> didn't have those when i was a kid you know like we got the movie collection but just the stoic pose man like they are so badass. And then some personal, like, just grails for me were the those If Labs when they transitioned to Giant Ape. The ones that came in the square boxes, the uh, the Dragon Ball ones, those first eight figures. I yeah. got I just recently got those, too. And those are just, like, had them, had them on my shelf, but now they're just, like, I'm waiting to find a place to put them because it's still a work in progress. But getting all those ones that I had as a kid and just holding on to those feelings is been a blast but Irwin, Ban Presto, Figuarts, uh Figuarts is probably top over anything else. Awesome. Um and uh what fran do you collect other franchises oh, like yeah. other Um as rare as it is to find anything, um definitely Yu Yu Hakusho, anything oh, in there cool. I will get um nice. Star Wars <laughs> as you can see some of the stuff behind me. I've pretty much kind of like lowered it down to those two specifically because I used to have a ton of Funkos. I used to have a ton of wrestling figures, but I just ran out of room. So I mm -hmm. pretty much narrowed it down to like my first two big passions for anything, uh, Dragon Ball and Star Wars. So nice. that's what it is. Those are good. Those are good yeah. two franchises to focus on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, please send those auditions in to my inbox, please. <laughs> so then what is your, for the second question is, what is your like holy grail? My holy grail? Um... Do you want it like Dragon Ball specific or just like in my collection in general? Uh, I guess you can do both. Okay. Um, I would say Dragon Ball specific. The personal one for me was like the first figure I got. It was that um, Irwin repackage of the Volume 1 Super Battle Collection Goku. Personally, yep. like that's always going to be there. I'm, I'm looking at it on my shelf right here. But... Um, 
monetary wise is that Irwin variant of the orange coat master Roshi. Like I found it loose and I actually like won it on a random bid. I don't know how I got lucky to do it, but I found it loose and I got that. And now it's like right on the center of my top shelf of figures but nice. I'm still trying to find that <laughs> that rare packaged one or the four pack with Raditz, Nappa, and Garlic Jr. Ooh, I have those. Ooh, oh. <laughs> we got some heat now. Yeah, I know, right? No. <laughs> um, it, it, that's a good one. Um, so, is Dragon Ball your favorite anime, or do you have a different favorite? Man, okay. So this is a tough question, and I feel like it's blasphemous, but I actually. Had somebody asked me that last night, too, for a different interview, and to be completely honest, it goes back and forth between Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Hakusho. And okay. I, I have to say, like, just for... I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball, but something about Yu Yu Hakusho, especially when I was younger, and the storytelling, the dark tournament, the um, the Sensui arc, all that, just how dark and gritty it got, and then the backstory it gave you on characters, that really hooked me. But I'm going to say it's that just because it's kind of still a niche thing even to this day, even though Walmart has shirts of it now. I know, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, it's so weird to see it like, coming back, but it's still so like rare at the same time. So I, I'm going to say Yu Yu Hakusho, but we all know Dragon Ball is like the 1A compared to that. Yeah, no, I, I like Yu Yu Hakusho too. It's yeah. awesome. So, you know, that's a great choice, honestly. Of um okay so other than like doing your podcast and collecting mm -hmm. and all that and 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 geeky stuff what do yep. you do oh man um find that there's not enough hours in the day but um husband father uh my son is starting we just had our our practice today got rained out but um you know all-star travel ball for him wrestling nice. um that's about to get busy after i get back from this trip i'm taking and then voice acting as well and then nice tomorrow as we're recording is my last day at one job and when i come back from that i'm starting another job that's going to be more beneficial to help with the acting realm and the acting side of things as these opportunities keep coming in so again it's just finding there's not enough time in the day to to do it all <laughs> yeah i know i feel like that all the time actually yeah. we rely too about being adults but at least we have money to spend on things that make us happy that's true that's a good thing about adulting, right? You don't have to That's depend on it. your parents. And if they don't get it for you, then you're screwed. <laughs> right. Then you just got to hide it from your spouse or your significant other. Yeah, exactly. box is a good idea. <laughs> right. And then uh, the last question is, what is your least favorite Dragon Ball character? Least favorite? Man, okay, that is a tough one. Um, You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it's the guy that, that shot Mr. Satan and shot B. I think oh. Van Zant was his name. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I really have to think about that one. But, like, they're all good in so many different ways or humorous, even if they're side characters. But that guy, man, that guy was just the ultimate douchebag. Right. <laughs> and it's like. No, I agree with you. I, I love Mr. Satan, but I was more upset that you shot the dog more than anything else. But, yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's the one poor if anybody B. even remembers that. Yeah, poor B. But thank God for Boo. <laughs> Yeah, like actually, mine is if you were to ask me that, it'd be Rare Brianna. I hate Rare Brianna. Oh, so okay, that's a that's a fair <laughs> one too. That is a fair one too because I think they did that on purpose just to piss people off because yeah, they knew how her. bad was gonna be. I was like, why is she still here? Right. What the hell? She's so annoying. That's the power of love. Oh god. Oh my god. Oh, I just my, my reaction. I do reactions, so like yeah. my reaction to that episode. It was hilarious. I was like yelling at the screen. Well, what, what was even worse <laughs> is that the dudes had the same transformations as hers. So they're wearing the like the big flowery like ballerina tutus and everything too. <laughs> and then like they do it, but man, that that whole character was just it was comedy, but it was very cringe at the same time. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. Man, so awesome. Yeah, those were my questions. Those were fun. <laughs> those were fun. And again, too, it's. I love being put on the spot like that and just going in blind because it's ultra instinct almost. You know, you just don't know what to expect. You just <laughs> exactly. react as it happens. So that right. was fun. And like I said, I can't wait till we actually get to do this in person. And hopefully there's a crowd behind us because that's addicting. You know, when you get to do a live show, that is addicting now that I know what that's like. So 
I want oh, more. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do panels at conventions and I, I never thought I could have the guts to actually do it, but yeah. then you put yourself out there and then it's like, oh, this is actually not that bad. It's pretty yeah, cool. That fight or flight instinct kicks in, the adrenaline rush yep. gets going and dude, there's nothing like it. So if, yeah. you, if you have a convention coming to a town near you and you want to make this happen, by all means, get us in touch with those people and we'll bring Elise Bowman or we'll bring Stephanie Nadalny, Linda Young. They're willing to travel. We know the people, so let's make there it happen. Is, you're willing to travel? Yeah. Okay, well, there's one I have in mind. So <laughs> Oh, we'll talk. We'll talk. So let's make this happen. <laughs> awesome. But, hey, in all seriousness, uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on here tonight and making this interview happen. Because I know we'd originally have it scheduled for, like, right after KameaCon, but the doldrums and the drag, and I think that was right after my convention as well. So I was five minutes down the road and still feeling the dump from that. Yeah. So I, I get it, mm -hmm. but thank you for being able to reschedule and just have, like, I had fun talking here, and I'm still coming away feeling like I've known you for multiple years at this point. So this was a blast. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad, because I always love talking about Dragon Ball collectibles. It's just, it's fun, you know? Absolutely. Especially, yeah, especially someone who, like, also collects and understands it yep. too you know yep and i feel like we may have to do a superhero reaction with uh with kyle at some point too to see how <laughs> accurate our predictions really were for that so we may yeah. be booking some future shows here i don't know but i know and kyle's awesome too yeah, i've been on really the show is. like i think i've been on the show twice or something once yep. or tw twice yeah twice <laughs> man i gotta get him to teach me how to play the guitar again though but uh that, we'll, we'll talk about that another time but like I said this has been an absolute blast and I hope our listeners have had just as much fun listening to it as we've had you know chewing the fat and just talking all things Goku Dragon Ball and Pan and you know if we could get a Pan puppet mascot that'd be pretty cool too <laughs> I know I love that one that, she, that was made for her it was right. freaking awesome and I mean she's advertised on this show enough to know that we've got to have some kind of pan mascot or at least have it show up for her episode when it airs. So that's coming down the line. Spoiler alert in case y'all didn't know yet. So <laughs> into season three, be on the lookout because it's going to get crazy. But yeah, this She's has been awesome. an absolute <laughs> blast and I can't wait to finally meet you in person as well. Yeah, for sure. Like we, we've got to make it happen. Oh, absolutely. Now again, no if doubt. we go, if we go collector shopping, my bank account may not like me so Ooh. much, but yeah. I mean, that'd be fun, though. Yeah, but I know you know video. the spots. Yeah, I know yeah. you know the spots, so we can make that happen. That'd but, yeah, be great. I'll, uh, I'll save up and do the responsible adult thing. But, man, <laughs> who knows, guys? If you haven't already and that doesn't entice you to subscribe to this podcast or go connect with Goshen, I don't know what else I can do other than, you know, like send Jeff to hunt you down and make you push the subscribe button. And he's pretty, he's pretty intimidating, so we can make that happen. But I don't want to go that route because I'm lazy, too. But... In all seriousness, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll take a chance to go back in the archives and just do a deep dive because if you want to hear my interview with Stephanie, if you want to hear my interview with Linda, they're all there. And I've got other Dragon Ball voice actors lined up to come on this show as well. So if you're a fan, I've got something for you. You just got to stick around and be patient because there's some quality stuff coming. Let's just go ahead and leave it at that. And that's... I gotta entice you. I can't give away the whole thing just yet. You know, I got two of the Dragon Balls. We gotta get the other five. Then you get your wish. You get your guest. Everybody <laughs> wins. But, man, this has been a blast. So, Goshen, thank you for your time here tonight. Of course. No, thank you for having me, you know? And, like, I hope people check out my stuff. If Absolutely. You love, if you love Dragon Ball collectibles, Dragon Ball in general, I mean, you would love my stuff. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm gonna make it... I'm going to make it easy for them to get connected with you because I'm going to have links to everything you got going on in the show notes oh, awesome. right below here. So, guys, that's how much I appreciate y'all tuning in. I make things easy for you. But is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with before we wrap it up here? Um, Yeah, just like, you know, I want to leave this message, actually. Please if do. you have any hesitation about collecting or anything or anything that you want to do, like cosplaying, in general, starting that YouTube channel, starting that TikTok, anything, I think you should just go for it because you just never know what can happen. Um, you can make a viral video. You can just start a passion that you just end up falling in love with and you, it gets you to somewhere that you never expected or meeting people that you never would have met Absolutely. otherwise. So um, 
I want to leave those words of encouragement because I've gotten a lot of people like asking me, you know, how do I start this? How do I start that? Just do it. Just go for it. You know, that's what I did. I just was myself. And back in the day, you couldn't even make money off any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was just pure passion. So guys do it. If you have any hesitation, just go for it. Yep. Wise, wise words to live by because you'd rather know that you tried and you either succeed or you don't, but you learn something and you don't get stuck living with the the sense of regret for not following through on something. And that's, that's worse than any other feeling you may come across, but such wise words. And that, I think that's the best note to wrap it up on right there. So, you know, if you haven't already like subscribe, share, leave that five star review, get the merch, do the word of mouth, do a deep dive in the archives, get connected with Goshen, and then be right back here next week for another awesome episode. And for myself, for Goshen, for Jeff working his magic over here, we all thank you for tuning in this week. Go do some good in the world. Take a chance and bet on yourself. Have some fun and be right back here next week for another awesome episode. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.